Welcome to Knife Making Down Under Podcast. I think we're probably somewhere around episode 11. Would that be right, Kev? Episode 11 is right. Happy days. Uh, today we have Kevin Slattery from Kev's Forge down in Canberra. Corin Urquhart from Gamaco Artisan Supplies in Auburn. Uh, hashtag Bunnings Picton on Instagram. Um, and uh, there's somewhere other out there in the Ethernet and not connected to the podcast at this time is uh, Mert Tanzu of Hunter Valley Blades and Tanzu Knives. So there you go. Uh, yeah. And I'm still a bit croaky. My husky voice is seducing you all out there in Radio Land. Oh, and Mert's Whoa, just joined us. Hello, Mert. Time, Mert. <laughs> we're, just, we're just doing the intro, mate. We're on. You're live. We've podcast, gone to air. podcast is going. How you going, Mert? Tell us about your morning so far. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Tomorrow I'm taking my daughter to school. She's back in school. Yeah. I've got to say, if she's pulling a sickie, mate, she ain't sick. She was too many, too many smiles on that call. No, it's uh, she, had, she had to be off for two weeks, man, because of the surgery. Ah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I, I was ready to take her like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Is she all right now? Then, obviously. Yeah, she, she's fine, man. She's fine, but I, I can't work properly. Like I have to, I go in the shed. I come back in twenty minutes, half an hour. I check on her. The house is covered in glitter. I yell at her. I go back. Why don't you? Yeah, why don't I you bring her back. out? Teach her to handstand. Teach her the family trade. I don't want her. I don't want to. It's boring. It's boring. It's boring. Ah, uh, well. Tie her up to a totem tennis pole or something. Let her run laps. Uh, she can't run. She can't run because of the throat. Yeah. What What did? What happened? Best. What happened? Uh, tonsil removal. Oh. She had her tonsil removed. So she couldn't do two weeks of activities. Hey, don't talk about me on my tonsils. I love you. <laughs> I was about to say you've probably had two weeks of peace and quiet, but that that interruption there probably just throws that out the window. <laughs> you can see it in your eyes, mate. Gentlemen, I've been I've been kicked off the web uh, a few times. From uh, I'm at, I'm trying to get on my wife's computer. That's how I do the recording. I'm on there yeah. again. Now I'm not clicking everything twenty times. I think that's going to make it easier. And maybe I shouldn't have opened the last link on the web. I shouldn't have opened that page. The porn page. <laughs> what have you done? Hang You've got a virus on your PC. <laughs> nah, it, it's a work computer. It's slow. Hang on one second. I'm trying to hang up and call you from there so I can use the microphone. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that, that was a little, so what nice have you little introduction from there. What have you been yeah. up to, Kev? Yeah. Oh, mate, I've been back in the workshop uh, trying to get on top of things. I've been working on um, that, that those Vitoku knives that I've been doing, which I enjoy. That's pretty cool steel. Um, I had a class on the weekend, which was good fun. I had uh, a couple of blokes come down, uh, strangers that booked in one place each in my courses, which is always one of those situations where you, you think, fuck, I hope they get along all right. And uh, they could have been best mates, actually. They they went really well. And I actually had uh, Jamie Bishop, Sausage Man, down as well on the weekend, hanging out, um, causing trouble, presenting us with uh, his sausage uh, on random occasions. But, yeah, back into it, mate, doing the teaching, trying to get over this fucking crazy camera of springtime weather, which is, you know, normal for us. One day it's stinking hot. Next day it's freezing freaking cold. You know, we got 28 today. And then Saturday, I think, is back down to 16. So it's just that time trying not to catch fucking colds and prepare and get people, you know, sorted out. But in terms of doing the classes, it's awesome because every Saturday has been cooler, which means that when we're in there forging, um, it works out a little bit better. I also spent three hours uh, yesterday in the tattoo chair getting a new tattoo, uh, a Celtic symbol done on my chest. Um, and I have to say, it's fucking sore. <laughs> I fucking didn't sleep well last night. <laughs> I'd roll over it in my dreams. Someone would be like fucking 
hit me with a fucking hammer or something like that. Ah, wake up in pain and realize I'm on my side and the fucking thing's throbbing away. So I was like, uh But it's pretty cool. No, no. These, these are the things. You got to do it. No, I don't. I haven't. I've never had a tattoo, so I've no idea how it feels. Uh, it's, well, uh, there's a lot of line work and shading in this thing. It's actually a uh, triskelion, which is a three, sort of three-legged spiral thing. And it's pretty big. And about an hour into the whole process where he was wiping one side was effectively like having uh, 80 grit rhino wet scraped over an open wound every time he wiped the tattoo because it was just, it's on the soft part of the side of the chest. And it was fucking sore. <laughs> and my tattoo artist, my tattoo artist had said, like just before he had, he had a customer the day before he said that, got a tattoo in the same spot and was just squirming around and whinging like a real bitch. And so I'm, I'm sitting there just going, don't move, don't say a word. This hurts like fuck, but I can't fucking say anything or you'll pick on me for whinging like a bitch. You've been telling everyone for a week, I had this big tough knife maker come over and he cried like a girl. Yeah. Can't do it. And there was a meme that Rose sent me later on and it's, um, I don't know, some black boxer, American, African-American boxer, who's crying and it says, you know, tattoo artist, tattoo artist, are you going okay? And then it's like me, yeah, but the dude's got all these tears pouring out of his eyes. That's kind of how I felt. And he got a, he got a phone call from his wife about, oh, that's something. And he goes, look, I'll give you a call. I'm, I'm about two, literally two minutes away from finishing. Uh, I'll give you a call back. And that was like the best part of my fucking day. I was like, oh, thank fuck. Two minutes left. <laughs> and he's like, and now even just this shirt, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's sore. So it might be funny when I get into the workshop later and I've actually got to do stuff. And then I've got to go to the job tomorrow. So that'll be fun. But no, yeah, enough. we do these things for ourselves. Have you got any knife related tats or is it all just like Celtic? Shit? Nah, I've got Celtic and Norse symbols on me. I was looking at stuff like knife making stuff and. You know, as much as I'm passionate and love knife making, and it is technically my life at this stage, um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get something on me. You know, it's funny. I saw on, uh, must have been Instagram or something, that um, someone out there had got a RPM Neil Damascus knife tattooed on their leg. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Yeah. Oh, here he is, Mertzbach. Yeah, so, um, you know, great tribute to him, but it's like, Oh, I'm not real sure I'd do that. Yeah, we're just yeah. Uh, we're just talking, talking just talking tats. about about me getting my latest tattoo on my chest and how sore I am, and likening the pain to being scraped with 80 grit rhino went over an open wound when they were wiping it down after about an hour, and it was mm. a three-hour sitting. But you know, it's it's cool. I like it. Uh, I'm already like I'm addicted. I'm already looking at it going. Now I'm imbalanced. I need another one on there somewhere. <laughs> Have you mentioned about my text regarding to your tattoo? <laughs> the Instagram chat. <laughs> that was a really creepy fucking photo, man. <laughs> let me well, you better share it with us. Yeah, let me get my well, phone I, I just I just talked to, I was talking to Kevin like, hey man, what's up? I was like, yeah, yeah, I just got a tattoo. And he showed me the picture of it. But the picture of the tattoo looks like there are like three rotating saw blades. They're about to like chop his nipple off or something. That's how it looked like. That's not quite how he described it. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's how right. that. That's why Mur did it. And he, <laughs> this is how I responded. <laughs> and and this guy responds back saying, like, stop masturbating or something. And I'm like, oh no no, you you don't start that war with me. And I just responded, I'm almost done. Keep the picture, like, stop texting so I can keep looking at the picture. <laughs> so, so then I've called my sick fuck and then sent him another picture of the tattoo so he didn't have to scroll. And then, and then he sends me this photo. <laughs> <laughs> I opened it this morning. That's the first thing I looked at this morning. I sent, sends me this picture and it's Mert's face in this dimly lit room with this, like, fucking real sick-looking face with dark lips and stuff. 
but the bastard said it as one of those view only once photos. So I was like, you prick. Oh, I'm not letting you take a screenshot. <laughs> oh, if, only I'd known, if only I'd known, I could have fucking done that. Yeah, so that's that's Ooh. the sort of general sort of uh, conversations that Bert and I have <laughs> randomly. You guys, you guys don't want to know. You guys don't want to see. <laughs> I'm afraid one day my wife is gonna find out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference, mate. Your wife, you're afraid your wife's gonna see it. I narrate our conversations to my wife, and she just looks at me. Yeah, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Uh, what you guys, what happens on Instagram chat stays on Instagram chat, right? Well, no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, I, uh, so we'll just talk. We're just talking about what we're getting up to, and I was telling people about um, finishing off those Vitoku knives and running classes and having Jamie down here again. Um, oh, well, well, Jamie was down here, and uh, I've got Brad Heathcote. Shout out to Brad. We call Brad Beer Rad because every time Brad comes around, he brings beer with him. That's the, cool. that's the best friend, man. Oh, yeah, I want to be beer now. So we had we had Beer Rad, Sausage Man, uh, and my two students over here, uh, and we took advantage of that and moved my new pizza oven, which is a uh, made entirely out of steel. So it's like a five mil sheet on the outside, lined with three mil and all the rest of it. So it's really fucking heavy. Anyway, we moved it up into place, and then um, Jamie and I took great pleasure. Or and Brad brought around a whole heap of Gigi scrap and stuff like that, which we burned, uh, much to the displeasure of people on Instagram. When I did a live feed telling them I was burning Gigi, Gigi Pearl. Uh, Gigi but Pearl. but you could you but you could do like a live cast resin the rest and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah or that's, I could just that's chuck, plenty or, here. <laughs> or I could just chuck it in the fire and burn it and be warm, yeah. a very warm glow feeling on the inside for all those people that want to cast resin in the live edge pearl and I'm burning it. I got buckets of this shit to burn. There seems <laughs> to be never any supply of it. Okay. Well, yeah, I literally have three milk crates in the garage where I did a tidy up that are all non-usable, ready to burn. The students were looking at some of the stuff just like, they're, they're honestly, their eyes were popping out of their head and they're picking up bits of wood. <laughs> they're looking at it. Oh, wow. That's a really cool piece of timber. I go, yeah, guess look at that. And they hand it to me and I throw it in the fire. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, that, that was that's a piece of shit. And they're like, oh, oh what are you doing? <laughs> they go, oh, I wish we'd looked at this before we picked timber out. And I'm like, no, oh, that's shit, man. Just burn it. That's all it's good for. <laughs> they're just sort of looking at me, shaking their heads. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm always I'm always after those little pieces. I buy my blocks like a standard size. And, you know, they're, what, six, 60 mil by about, you know, inch and a quarter or 32 mil something like that by 40, 40 mil something like that and then i cut out a piece for a barrel knife and i just throw the rest away so fuck. yeah i know when i well, say i yeah. always do that i only do it once a year so it's not like it's a big yeah, problem twice once or twice a year it's yeah all good. yeah so what have you been up to Matt? obviously not uh, a lot in the last two weeks no i i still i'm still trying to make knives i'm not making much i'm trying and I also start advertising for some courses, so I want to do some courses before it gets really hot. What learn yeah. just to learn how to make some knives? Do you want to do courses come, or run courses? What do you do? Come, come down. I want place. to run courses. Oh, run courses, right? Oh. I'll be I'll be running courses, running courses. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be they'll be like a specialist knife making course in kitchen knives. Yeah. Look, I I tend to. I tend to run only eight courses a year, four to eight. And yes, I don't mind teaching newbies, but when it comes to grinding, grinding is so hard. Yeah. It, it takes like, it, it gets a lot of people out of their comfort zone. If I have a, someone who made net knives mm -hmm. and they want to get better at making knives, I find myself, my courses are better suited for that. Yeah, right. Because when, you, when I do semi-classes, like first day we're forging blades, everybody's happy using power hammer, and next day when it comes to grinding, and that grinder rotating at like so many freaking hertz, and you make a mistake and it hurts your thumb, and you're going to have to go back at it. And for somebody who never used a grinder before, and when 
the blade starts like wobbling and they get scared or or they burn they like they they get their fing- fingertips or thumbs like Kev and you still have to keep doing the course and <laughs> it's hard. I mean, all of our my thing my fingers are full of nicks and bruises and all that from the cuts from the grinder. But when it happens, I look at myself. Oh yeah, dickhead, just go back at it. And yeah. when you when you're not used to it, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's the one area of the process which I have too, where people sort of like they tense up, and then when they tense up, everything compounds, and small mistakes become big mistakes. The two guys that were just on my last course did really well. They were both from sort of, you know, physical work backgrounds, sheet metal worker and um, like trades labourer and all that sort of stuff. So when they got when they got on the grinder, like they were on the hammers, they were great. We finished forging pretty early, and they did a they did a good job, um, you know, able to take instruction here. But then when we got onto the grinders, um, they actually did all right. Like they did pretty well considering because that's the stage where, like I said, you like you say, mate, you turn your grinder on. One runs at 75 hertz, one runs at 100 hertz with fresh 50 blaze belts on them. (laughs) And, you know, I I tease them a little bit by waving my um, half-destroyed thumb in front of their face and go, be careful, this might be you. (laughs) And especially because I'm doing the kitchen knife courses, kitchen knives have to be super thin. And if you're not experienced, you you burn the edge or you overgrind it. And then I have to, I have to, then reach in and fix it and give it back to you. And when this repeats, people feel like, why am I making a mistake? I'm like, no, no, you're not making a mistake. I grind every week, maybe 10 knives, five knives at least. Yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. I, I I explain to the students that even though when I do my demo and everything's generally pretty clean, occasionally I'll get a wobble or two and you go, well, there you go. Look, this is what you're going to see. But I try and tell them that they're going to probably going to see multiple facets, they're probably going to see, you know, this situation or this situation. So when it happens, they go, oh, fuck, yeah, Kev just said I'd do that. And it's exactly the same thing. You say, man, I'm grinding fucking same thing, at least five knives a week. Um, and then you're doing it constant, you know. So, but there's there's things that I'm looking at, especially for smaller knives, um, like the tilting table and all that sort of stuff, using those blocks of timber making it a little bit easier especially for the beginners yeah i found when i was when i was teaching knife making to you kev i found the easiest way was to stand there and watch you fuck up and then say i wouldn't have done that because that's a fuck up now you have to start again yeah no that's a good way of doing it (laughs) (laughs) especially if you only want to run one class ever i'm not a teacher (laughs) i'm not a teacher like i just I stand there and no. I watch and I think, oh, I wouldn't do it like that. And I, that doesn't even occur to me that you don't know not to do it like that. <laughs> Fucking, and then yeah. you're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you go, why'd you do that for? And I go, because you fucking didn't say I was doing it wrong. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, next time. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. yeah. No, you, got, so you got what you paid for. It's all good. So you're getting a bit of interest in it, Mert? Interest in what? In the teaching? In the yeah, no, you get no. You're getting people contacting oh, yeah. you about. It. How do people? Yeah, look, I, how do they book? Uh, I tell them to just message me on the Facebook, and I also let people to say like, look, what's your experience level? What are you interested in? Because yeah. if somebody says I want to do a one day course, like yes, let's do a, stay in my shop for a day, let's do forging together, or like let's spend one day on grinding. Versus, if somebody says I want to come for two days, I want to finish a knife. Because yeah. when you want to come in and finish a knife, then there's a me explaining the geometry, then fit and finish, doing the handle, mounting the handle, sharpening and all that. And it yeah. feels like you're, you're on a timeline. You have to finish it. You have a task, you have to finish it. And I you had a guy who, con- yeah, yeah. You, there was a guy, he said, look, man, I'm, I'm more, I like to take my time finishing knives. Can we do two days uh, without finishing it? Just like forging one day, grinding next day. I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. As long as you know, how you are. So, because the last thing I want him is the guy coming in and him feeling pressured. We're trying to finish a knife and we're behind or it's not what he wants. So that's the, that's yeah. the last thing I want. I have a few people interested. Yeah. That was good. you got to have so realistic I, I, expectations, don't you? Yeah. And I, I do mine. We do, we forge two knives and we take them through from forging through to completion. But there is a dead set, like allocated time 
for each yep. process that I have drawn up on the board with times on there. Um, the nice thing with me is I've been teaching for a long time uh, and when I'm teaching two people and you know three people even isn't too bad, but when I'm teaching two people for me, it, it's really comfortable. So we, we go through, like I said, the guys on my classes get creative license. I don't sort of say, um, you know, you're going to do this style of knife. I, I talk to them about what they want to make and they get, you know, like 90% ownership of that knife. I do a bit of the tidy up the following day after heat treat, take the edges down because with the time that we've got, if they screw that up and overheat the edge or something, then we're back, you know, two hours behind and just can't afford that. But, yeah. you know, I give them free range on what they want to make to a degree. Um, sizes of knives come into play there and then just help them through. And, you know, these guys that I had on the weekend, we we'll, were finished early on day one and we we're finished early on day two, but we just took it really easy and it was good fun. Uh, yeah, but nice. I can see in, in your sense, Mert, especially if you're doing, and I've done it as well, where you get a knife maker down to do a class and then you've got to break it up to them and say, well, you know, do you want to just do a standard style class or do you actually want to, you know, forge out 10 blades and learn a bit more about forging, moving steel? So, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. It's Happy interesting. Days. Happy days. Yeah. Well, I've had, a, I've had a bit of an interesting week. What's happened? I've been sick. Nah, still sick. So, um, <laughs> That's uh, good. Two, two things happened this week. The first was that um, it's the first time I've ever told a customer they're a fuckwit and they can fuck off, like with those words. So that's a milestone yeah, right. in my career. That's that's a bad review on Yelp. That's a bad review coming. Ah, oh, fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. Mate, fuck him. Yeah. Honestly, this guy has no fucking idea about me or my life and he can just go and get fucked. When people want to, I don't mind, if people got a problem, um, you know, I'm, I'm open to discussion, always am. But when I'm having an asthma attack and I don't respond and then you get four pages of fucking all this accusatory shit saying that you're a coward for not responding when it's just because you couldn't fucking breathe and you weren't even on Facebook because, like, that's what you do when you can't breathe, right? You go on Facebook. So yeah. you he, haven't you haven't updated your status? Oh no, I didn't update my status. Sorry, it's it's all on me. It's all on me. Feeling, feeling cute. I may take a breath or two. Hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going a little bit blue. Yeah, fuck. Feeling feeling low on oxygen. Yeah. So I fucking yeah, I just I just I was nice to this guy for like a paragraph, and then I just thought, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm 43 years old, and I'm fucking trying to placate a fuckwit. So I told him, you're a fuckwit. I don't give a fuck. Fuck off. Just fuck off. I've spent thousands of dollars with you, he said, of your company. And, um, you know, I should have this right and that right. No, I don't give a fuck. No, you're still a fuckwit. You're still a fuckwit. I don't want your money, right? I don't want it. Yeah. Just don't fucking buy from me ever again because I don't need this shit in my life. So yeah. that was, that was, that was, I'm not proud, but I'm happy I've done that. Uh, I can tick the, the box now. So it's all good. The next one is, um, yeah, you know, Niels Vandenberg said on a podcast the other day, and it was just a passing comment. He said, yeah, I put it, I, he put an anvil in the back of his Land Rover, and he said, yes, I'm a Land Rover guy, and then he moved on. But I knew exactly what he meant, because my brother bought a Land Rover. He's now a Land Rover guy. So what, <laughs> what they say about Land Rovers is they've been making mechanics out of drivers for 70 years. My brother's, my brother's not being turned into a mechanic by his Land Rover. He's bringing it down to me to use hashtag Punnings Picton to fix every fucking thing that's wrong with it. So I'm getting quite, yeah, well, you know, we spent, he came down, he said, oh, we've just got a little job to do. I just need you to, you know, rivet some shit back together and, oh, yeah, whatever, bring it down. Eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday, he came down and he left at six at night. So, you know. Yeah, wow. Fucking custom wow. bracketry and the headlights headlights don't even have relays. Like the power runs through the switch up in the column or wherever the switch is on the dash and then back to the headlights and so the switch is running full amps and it burns out the switch. And it's like this super common problem. So you have to like put your own relays in. It's like you bought half a car, dude. Anyway. That's madness. Whatever. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. One of those X Army uh one ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, old communications vehicle. It is a pretty cool car, but yeah, nah, fuck that. Really, just fuck it. Nah, I'm not into cars. I'd rather be doing something else. I, I wouldn't have been making knives because I just felt like shit. But um, yeah, yeah, I ended up doing that. 
I used to I used to do the bolt on bolt off mods on Subarus, and yeah, that's where my life was until I did a knife course, and then it was like fuck spending money on cars. I'm making knives, <laughs> and now my cars have just been the last couple of cars have just been like, I just need something that's fucking cheap to run and reliable. Done. I have no longer oh reasonably comfortable, I guess, but I no longer have that like pride that comes with driving the car it's just like it's a fucking car it gets me from a to b i don't care yeah well i get like, a company car so it's fucking it's good i don't i don't, I don't worry about it yeah cars cars don't yeah. do don't do it for me so long as it's got four-wheel drive and if i accidentally run over a curb or a, a, a pedestrian bridge or something i run over shit all the time and and at four-wheel drive you can do that and it just bounces a bit i, I should yeah. look where i'm going a little bit more but anyway Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why you got the one with the lane the lane yeah. change red thing on it now. <laughs> I hate them, man. I hate them lane changing things. Like I hate them. Like I'm driving in the valley. Like yes, there are lines, but in I'm not like following exactly the lane. And the car was like, like no, you're going off the road. Like you just bitch people. I'm not going off the road. I'm just going straight. There's an unnecessary curve, like curve looking <laughs> thing. I'm I'm just going. Just and the lane thing is like vibrating the steering wheel. No, I don't. I hate those. I I, I, I know what I'm like doing. It. I kind of like it because I drive 300. Oh, what is it? It's 150 kilometer round trip to and from work every day, and I get tired Ooh. and then I fall asleep and then the lane thing wakes me up and I have to pull over. So it's good for me. I've, I actually woke up in the in the Armco railing doing 100 and, um, 110 kilometers an hour uh, back a few 2014. Uh, and if I'd hit a tree or something, well, I wouldn't be here. So I kind of, I like that one. I'm a bit more cognizant of uh, and aware of my um, drowsiness now. So I pull over and have a sleep. So, but um, yeah. yeah, it does. It is good for me because I just fucking spend so much time in the car, really. Yeah, well, what's your commute? That's like two hours each way or something, isn't it? It's if you've got good uh, traffic. Look, if I get driving in's pretty good. If I leave early enough, I can get to work in about an hour and a quarter. Driving home takes about an hour and a half. Um, yeah. You know, just Sydney traffic, it's just shit. How do you, you still do it, Corin? How do you still do it? Like? I've always done it, though, mate. I moved out to Campbelltown in 99, yeah, end of 99, 2000. And um, I've done it for 10 years. So, And now I'm in Picton. I'm another 20 minutes past there, or 25 minutes past there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... um. <clears throat> It's just I've done it too. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I've done it too. When I used to live, when I used to work in Atlanta, I used to drive one hour, ten minutes every day. Like yeah. one. So two. I was I was on the road for like two and a half hours every day, and I said I'll never do this shit again. I'd love to. I'd love to fucking not do it. But at the end of the day, like I, I've got a mortgage that's ever since we did the house reno uh, and built the shed. Really, I borrowed a lot of money, right? Everyone goes, "Oh, you must be rich. You got the shed." No, I borrowed a lot of money. The bank oh, yeah, owns a really heavily, fucking nice shed. Yeah, I guess just, just like a lot of us, just heavily in debt. Just heavily in <laughs> debt, right? They, the bank said they'd lend it to me. This is before the recent crush. I mean, I did it in 2016. <clears throat> the bank said they'd lend it. I said I'd take it. Everyone was happy. Um, but now I've got to pay it back, and it's just it's just killing me. A single income, so um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty hard. And then I just um. The big thing for me though is in back in August I put solar on the shed, and that was uh, that was a, a fair investment. But oh man, I'm looking at my energy bill today, and um, because it's mid season, we're not running the aircon, and because it's really sunny days at the moment, we're having these big sunny days. My energy bill for this quarter is estimated to be minus four hundred and fifty dollars as as of Fuck. now. That's four hundred and fifty dollars in front from power sold back to the grid. So, fuck! Yeah. If you haven't got solar, you really should fucking look at it. This, yes, that's good. Can you read that? Oh. Minus four hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Nah, I can't read. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody at home can read it, but it's there on my on my uh, <laughs> on my smart meter app, and. Um, Predicted bill minus four hundred seventy-seven dollars. Now, normally in a mid-season, uh, my family will spend twelve hundred bucks on power just by, you know, fucking running every fucking thing under the sun. So, it's really oh, really yeah. good. I put thirty-six panels on the roof of the shed. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Good investment. Well, hey, yeah. so uh, through through the week we were having a little giggle in one of our conversations, and and uh, unusual as it may seem taking the piss out of each other again 
Um, uh, but we're talking about like strange names that you've had written on your um, delivery items. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm infamous around the place, uh, not from a delivery, but from uh, an occurrence a few years ago, we went to the uh, symposium up at Everly and I go up to get my name tag and Corin's standing there and goes, it wasn't me. <laughs> I think that's what he said straight up. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you on about? Anyway, I go over and grab my name tag and my name tag says Creven. Creven. So... It's got stuck. It's stuck. It got stuck. Like, it's stuck, it's stuck in Japan it's too. It's stuck like, yeah, it's stuck like shit on a fucking bear's butt. Um, so I've actually... Yeah, I, I get regular reminders of being Creven. I actually got a design of a knife sent to me by someone that they called the Creven Mark One. Can I please make this? Which I'm in the middle of doing. Um, yeah, and that's pretty cool. And I was talking to Corin before you got your shit together, Mert, this morning. Um, like my brother-in-law will send stuff down to me and it's addressed to, you know, the knife lord or, you know, the sharp fella. And my, lucky my post office just go, oh, that's obviously for Kevin. You know, what's one of the ones that brought your post office unstuck, Mert? Man, it was it was funny because it's I live in a small town and my posties they know me, and I had a package. I didn't. I I miss we miss you not, and I I go to the post office like Matt. There's nothing in your name. I'm like shit. I have a package. I'm like what is this? I'm thinking like what did I order when I was drunk? What did I what did I order off eBay? <laughs> I'm thinking like I can't I can't see a jack shit and. After a month, like I keep going to the post office, I keep asking, did you guys anything? Like, no. And she brought it out. And I'm used to my name being misspelled, okay? According to autocorrect, I'm meat. I'm not mad. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to being <laughs> wrongly spelled. And she came out, do you think this is yours? I'm like, let me see. And this package was from Gramacon. And though they, they were the samples of the embracing pads that I asked at the Sydney Night Show. And I think I was like Mort Tensil. Like <laughs> Mort Tonsil. Mort Tonsil. <laughs> I'm still not convinced that wasn't uh, wasn't deliberate. For for two reasons. The first is when you place an order with Gamico, you enter your own name. So, no, 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 yeah. this was, what, what's I, that, what's that Turkish grape juice stuff that you drink, mate? No, it's not, yeah. it's not, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> then I, I'm trying to remember, I think I was talking to Cole and he was talking about this pass that they were good. And he said, do you want me to send you a, send you a sample? I'm like, yeah, man, when you guys have it. And he said, I, I have your details at the thing anyway. I have your details on the system. So. I'll send you when it comes in. Well, now that's how you're in the system. That's how it's always going to be. Yeah. You're always going to be yeah. Mort Tonsil. Mort Tonsil. Mort Tonsil. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Corian. I get, I get every fucking thing under the sun. Nobody can spell Corin Urquhart. Like, it just doesn't fucking work. I get called everything. I work with people that call me Kareen and shit. I get it all the time. I was, yeah. I was having an argument. I, I've never told a customer to fuck off, but I have told plenty of customers to fuck off nicely. And once was uh, a customer that kept calling me Corinne, Corinne. And I kept correcting him, Corin. And his name was Michael. And I'm on the phone to this cunt. And he said Corinne again after I'd corrected him twice. And I said, listen, Michelle, I've fucking had enough. <laughs> <laughs> My name's not Michelle. Well, mine's not Corinne. I fucking said it three times, mate. Like, you know, just pay fucking attention. So anyway, this guy, this guy was ringing up. To, anyway, we didn't get on, put it that way. I don't know. You can't win them all. 80 mm. 20 rule. Yeah, that's it. Uh, what do you do? Yeah. So, yeah, but it, my name's been fucked up every way imaginable. Current Earhart. Uh, just fuck, whatever. Yeah. It's funny, when we're in, it's funny when we're in the US and the way they pronounce um, their names. And everyone I hear talking to Corin calls him Corn. Corn. Man, I, I gave up on it a long time. When I got when I got to the US, I said, okay, I'm just going to be Matt. I'm just accepting the fact. Yeah. I'm not going to try to make him. Just just call me Matt. I'll respond to that. Just call me Matt. Well, your other half, your other half was calling you Matt at the bloody um, hammer in. And when she was saying that the first couple of times, I'm like, who the fuck's Matt? 
I just, I just didn't sink in. I was like, who the fuck is this Matt she's talking about? And then she looked at you at one stage and said something. I went, oh, she calls Mert Matt. Right, eh? That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, I gave up on it a long time. Oh. My, my <laughs> Your own yeah. wife. I, Jesus. When I, yeah, when I ring up for pizza at my local pizza shop, mate, you go, yeah, Kev, K-E-V. And every fucking time I go there, it's like, Chibi. <laughs> no, it's like they call me Jeb, J-E-B, because they're the same thing. They're looking, oh, no, no order for Kev. And I'm like, it's a fucking, just, it's a pepperoni and olive pizza, mate. And they go, oh, there's one of them here for Jeb. And so now when I ring up, I, I, I go, yeah, I got an order for Jeb. <laughs> what They say, what's your name, Jeb? Or I just use Rose, which is my wife. <laughs> I went to I went to school to get my little guy signed up for the year, and the guy was like, "What's your name?" Like Matt. Oh, that's very uncommon. I said, "No, not in Turkey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I'm probably the only one in the town that I live in, but I don't know. Anyway. I don't think Corin's very common anywhere. It's nah. It's an old no, name. it's not. Yeah, Corin is. Corinne's pretty cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's built a little bit different, but whatever. Ah, oh, whatever. Uh, like, you're just in the end. You just don't give a fuck, and you get to the point in your life where it's just there's better things to worry about. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So other other strange occurrences uh, this week that we had to deal with through the through the fucking podcast. Um, a while back, I posted up a picture and it had me, Mert, Corin, uh, Matty Spewbum, and Tanner Couch from the US. And it's just like, you know, here's, here's the guys hanging out in the US. And then this random fella, like that was, like it was just after Blade Show, it was a couple of months ago. And anyway, I get this random post up on the Facebook page. I'll go and have a look. And it's some fella and he's like, can you get Tanner Couch of so-and-so Texas to contact me? And I'm like, uh, no. It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a fucking Facebook page with a photo of him, mate. So I get on there and go, just click on his name because we tagged him. I said, click on his name and send him a message. And I thought that was it. No, get this guy coming back. No, I've done that. Didn't contact me. I need to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, maybe he doesn't want to talk to you for a reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I, tagged, <laughs> then I tagged Tanner. I just went, Tanner Couch, if you see this, contact this fella. And then the guy comes back afterwards, like still fucking like, like, I don't know. I was reading it like he was getting a bit upset, the fact that we weren't fucking, you know, playing his fucking game. But um, and then I was just going, like, fuck, mate. Uh, you know, if Tanner, if, if Tanner sees this post and he wants to talk to you, he'll talk to you. And so he's come back again like two or three fucking times. It's like, mate. He kept putting his phone number on the post. Yeah, like he had then his he puts phone his number. phone number. And I'm like, call yeah, me that's 0800. Not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not the smartest thing to do, but, you know. So anyway, apparently in the end, Tanner had contacted him and it all got resolved and he was thanking us for our help. And I'm like, I wasn't helping, mate. I was trying to brush you like bloody sand off the fucking table, you know, like get off, mate, go. Yeah, uh, it's like we're an, Australian, we're an Australian podcast that con uh, commented on the guy we met in the US and we're not a fucking uh, like, you know, reunion service. <laughs> he could have been fucking anyone. He, that, that's the thing. He could have been anyone. He could have been a... I don't know. Would hate to say we could have been a debt collector. He could have been a fucking hitman. Could have been anything. Who knows, mate? Like, Who knows? Yeah. But either of those scenarios fucking probably could stand with Tanner from fucking the twenty minutes we fucking met him and worked out what he was like. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tanner, how you going, mate? Nah, hey, Tanner. Nah, nah, Tanner's a fucking good bloke. Um, it's just, it was just funny. Fuck, it's like fuck, mate. Look, this has got to end. And I was pretty close to you, Karen. Like, just go, mate. Honestly, fuck off. But <laughs> you, you kind of got to be a bit nice. Well, I've just said it now, but I was thinking that, but I didn't say it. It's like, what the fuck? This is a bit weird. So, yeah, I took that one on, and uh, yeah, that was that was funny. Oh, have you been contacted by a Pachymascus guys on the Instagram? Oh, cool. I, I, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Sweet. Right yeah. We String could get some knife-making down-under knives made without logo Tell, on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to send Blocked us some that. Tell us to send some samples, mate. We'll check them yeah, out for them. Yeah, blo blocked him. So, like, oh. honestly, guys, anytime I get followed by them, them guys, I'm blocking him. Yeah. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help you by putting my content in front of you to get a little inspiration. Like, nah. 
Some somebody followed you. Oh, really? Say no more. Block. Yeah. yeah. The University of Wazaribad. Yeah. 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 Okay. See you later, buddy. Hey, one of the things. It was funny. Yeah. Yesterday when I was talking to my wife about, you know, had to record the podcast today and etc. And I said, just jokingly said, "Oh, is there anything that you want us to talk about regarding knife making, darling?" And she goes, "Workshop creep." <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck, oh, fuck, nice. Yeah. That's a real fucking nice thing to call your husband. The workshop fucking creep." <laughs> and she goes, "No, no, no, not the creep in the workshop, but the creep of the workshop." Because yeah. yeah. uh, it's real, you know. The pain is real. It's real. Yeah, I, I, I'm fucking guilty of sin for it. Um, you know, I think I talked about it a while back ago, but I used to work out of my garage. I opted to not park my car in there and put my workshop in there, and it expanded and expanded. And then when my, when I mentioned to my wife about, you know, making a shed to put the bikes in so I have more space, she said, make a workshop so that you can bugger off up there and do what you do. But I didn't really relinquish a lot of the space back to her or the garage, you know, so... Um, and I did a bit of a tidy up the other day. That's where I picked up all my timber off the ground and, you know, made it remotely more accessible. But I'm already thinking, um, I wonder how much it would cost to put an extra two metres onto my workshop. So that workshop creep thing is really good. So, Mert, you need to consider that. Obviously, like you're saying about you got plans to make a new workshop. Yeah. Make it, make it bigger or as big as you can possibly fit that frigging thing in there. Bro, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, even the area that we were sitting when you guys came for the hammer in that covered area, I'm thinking, like, what if I have the heat-sitting ovens there and all that? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I remember moving to my shop for the first time, like, I had to build some dodgy benches to keep my shit on top. I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, it's so big. Like, I'm running inside. Like, I can never just fill space. Six <laughs> months later, six months later, shit is stacked on top of each other. Shit fills to ex- yeah. what do they say? Shit expands to fill the space allowed. I um I had oh, the same yeah. problem with the last workshop with my I had a double garage and then I had two power hammers, a surface grinder, um you know my forging gear, everything was installed in the uh, entertaining area out the back door of the house. So I wasn't real popular, and but it sort of it all went into the barrel of justifying why I needed to build a enormous shed. So yeah, yeah. And the council, should, even, should... the council even agreed that that it was better. So I mean, they let it through. So nobody can yeah, believe I've got this through council. If if any of the listeners out there, if you've got workshop creep issues going on, um, post up pictures on our Facebook page. Yeah, let's of, see it. Of, of your expansion. Let's let's see where you started out. Telling your wife, I'm only going to use the three by three meter shed in the gar- in the workshop as of my workshop. Nothing else, darling. And then, <laughs> you know, the lean-tos and the, the tarps and everything start coming that's exactly out. exactly where I started, a three-by-three-metre three <laughs> shed, 2000, 20 years ago. Three-by-three-metre oh, shed. I I put another shed against it, made it a three-by-six-metre shed. And then when we moved down here, I went to six-by-eight, which was double garage, and now I've gone to six-by-seventeen. Yeah, yeah that, that's monstrous. Yeah, fuck. I, don't know. I need less shit, but I don't want less shit. So, what do you want? Well, that's it. And then when you're in my situation, where you got a, my primary workshop's five by seven, which is good. But then I think, like it's at capacity as a working uh, workshop and school or teaching facility, it's at capacity for space. I can't throw something else in there. And now I'm looking at it, going, well, when I get my rolling mill, I'm probably going to have to put my Paragon down back down in the other garage. <laughs> so to do that, I'm going to have to build a little bit more space into the place. And I know straight away, if my wife, I don't think my wife listens to the, us dribble shit here, um, but she'll be listening. It's just yeah, so it's, she, she, probably, she probably doesn't listen to you much either, man. I got the same yeah. thing. Like Rarely, rarely even when I'm sitting next to her, yet alone yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> 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 That's a harsh reality. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you've got workshop creep, uh, apart from you being creepy in your workshop, um, send send us some photos through the Facebook page, which is uh, it's just knife making down under now, isn't it? It doesn't have podcasts on the end of it. Uh, look, I don't know. I I just set it up. 
thinking that this might yeah. last a couple of weeks. So it, it is whatever I put it up as. Yeah. <laughs> well, flick, flick a message through to the Instagram page, which is at Knife Making Down Under Podcast. Um, it's governed by Mert, and he'll uh, he'll put something up or not, depending on what he wants to do on the day. So, hey, Mert, have you got have you guys got any um, tips for new players out there? Actually, I was I want to talk to a small thing. Uh, so, everybody who has grinders, they're having a small wheel attachments or like they have the uh, two inch wheels on them. So in the past, I switched between aluminum and plastic wheels or like the, the rubber ones. Yeah. So what's your choice, Kevin? Which one do you have on yours? Uh, I've got the Shopmate 48 and I've got, um, I, I only have the half inch and quarter inch wheels. No, I'm so talking about the, like the contact, the, so the ones right oh. next to your, above and below your platinum, what are they made out of? Uh, whatever standard yeah, plastic. You've got, okay. you've, got, you've got a polyurethane covered one. Polyurethane. Yeah. 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 Look, yeah. I, I use polyurethane, but I also was reading that aluminum ones were better for the checking or something. So I switched between aluminum and polyurethane. So after like using so many, after going through so many wheels, like I find the conclusion like the rubber ones are quieter. I find the rubber ones are quieter, but they don't have the, I can press more on the aluminum, I feel like. But the problem with the aluminum ones are like, you cannot believe how easy they wear out. So I put a new aluminum wheel not long ago, and probably like a, in two months, I can start seeing it's slowly dishing. Yeah, really? Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. They seem to be holding better. They seem to be holding better. Like, let's say if I'm like jamming my entire weight on it, the rubber ones seem to stop the stall easier. Yeah. Aluminum one tends to go faster. Aluminum one like tends to go more, but it's also louder at the same time. Yeah, right. There you go. I I don't know. So what's your take home from that? What's the best? Uh buy the best wheel you can buy, man. Don't ever buy the shit of Ali don't ever buy the shit of Alibaba. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on I'll go on go I'm gonna go and empty my cart now. <laughs> yeah right. Wish you're yeah, a wish. I've, wish knife making yeah. supplies. Yeah, I bought, look. There, I bought some stuff from Alibaba in the past, and the, some of them were hit, some of them were missed. But this one was a big mistake. I bought one from them, and I think in two months it shit itself. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably look. Well, I mean, they're probably alright if someone makes like me one knife a year, and it's just going to sit there. It'll perish before it wears out. But for yeah. someone that's doing <laughs> proper work, you know, you need the right tool for the job. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Well. Like they say, you get what you pay for. Sometimes, like you say, man, you can pick up something off that Alibaba, AliExpress, whichever you go through, and and it's actually like pretty good quality, but it's generally not something that's going to be like a moving part or something that you want to last for a long time on a grinder. Yeah, this did not last. Let's no. say that. Yeah. No, Very fair good. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. What do you got, Kev? Little 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 snippet of wisdom. Oh, look, my little snippet of wisdom, something I've been reading a bit about, uh, like a few people have commented on uh, when it comes to hand sanding knives. So you're looking at now that you're off the disc or you're off the off the uh, grinder and you're going to sit down now and start doing your hand sanding of your knives. And um, I've, I've talked to a couple of people privately and suggested you know, doing the method where you go diagonally one way, diagonally the opposite, and then your finishing grit, you go uh, straight back and forth, move up the grits and progressively get rid of all your scratches. And if you don't do that and you just go back and forth on your sanding, it's really noticeable that the fit, like the, there's a big difference between the finish on a blade when you've done a good sanding technique and when you've done like your cheat one, which is effectively just quickly whip over the top of others because you're just disguising stuff. But you get that shining in the right light and you're going to see trenches, 50 grit trenches still hiding down uh, or 80 grit, whatever you start with, still hiding down in your blade. So um, my my advice or my tip is start sanding. When you're doing your finishing sanding, do it. Start getting the habits right. It'll take a little bit longer and it'll be a bit more frustrating, but 
you will end up with a much, much nicer finish. And in line with that, um, there's all this talk about, you know, I read a few things lately about like the lubricant that people use when they're using rhino wet and stuff. Um, and, you know, mixing between water, Windex, WD-40, fucking whatever else they're going to put in there. Um, I went to my local engineering place um, and I bought some um, water-soluble cutting fluid for my mill and for my drill, for when I'm drilling holes in metal. And I actually heavily dilute that stuff now and use that as my um, mix that I use instead of Windex and, and WD-40. And I find that works really well. So I can post up what it is, but, you know, yeah, it's I just use, one of those things. I use the water-soluble oil um, on the hacksaw and on the lathe and on the mill for... It's good stuff, but I've never used it for sanding yeah. or abrasive work. Although it is for grinding as well. Like that, yeah, that's what I figured. Grinding as well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I figured. It was like, and I talked to the guy at the, at the engineering place. I said, oh, I'm thinking about using this for like my hand sanding, so just to, you know, squirt on the blades and, and give them a rub. And he, and he was like, yeah, there's no reason why that wouldn't work. He said, just, he said, just diluted a fair bit, so like a 20 to 1 ratio uh, with one part cutting fluid, 20 parts water. Or thereabouts yeah, sure. anyway so that works well but yeah do your do your sanding go diagonally through get multiple light sources so you want to have you know if you're in a dingy workshop get lamps and shit that you can see what you're doing um take it outside and have a look because nothing worse than when you go fuck beauty i finished that flip it over tape it up start your next side then you untape it and sometimes that involves you've already put the fucking blade into your handle and glued it on and then you go outside, you're walking out of your workshop and you see a big fucking 45 grit, uh, 45 degree, 320 grit scratch running across your blade. And you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't see that in the workshop. Yeah. So Lighting is super critical. Yeah. And, and, and then Bruce, um, Barnett, Bruce Barnett always says, um, don't just have one form of lighting, like have, have two or three forms. So you have an incandescent, yeah, yeah. have fluorescent, mm -hmm. have um, halogen LED. or whatever. LED yeah. have, have some different forms of lighting because the different forms will highlight different things. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, guys, speak, speaking of hand sanding, I, I want to take this subject a couple of points behind. Uh, you keep seeing it. Oh man, I'm sanding, sanding for six hours, four hours. Like, I'm thinking, if you're hand sanding for four hours, if you're hand sanding anything for more than 20, 30 minutes at a grid. You you've done a shit job at grinding, okay? So, I'm not I'm, because of saying this, I'm not going to be popular with many people. But the point is, if you so if you if you going from like 50 grit to 100 grit or then to 240 grit, if you can still see your 50 grit scratches while you're at 240 grit, sure not that shit is not going to come off with hand sanding. So before you come off the hands, before you come off the grinder. You have to have all of the scratches uniform with the last grit you finish with the yeah. belts. Yeah. I think that that's the point. Like when we do, when I do the knife making class, I tell people like, we're going to finish hand sanding in half an hour. Yes, granted that we're doing semi, but because when I'm teaching the people, I'm doing my grinding with changing <clears throat> directional every time. So if you're doing horizontal 50 grit, you're doing 120 grit on the grinder on a 45 degree angle. Then you go into the next script again horizontal, and by the time you start touching it with the, by the time you start touching with the hand sanding, that's again changing direction one more time. So by the time you establish your 400 grit, you got your set the base for your set and finish established. So yeah. if something is taking you, like let's say you start hand sanding and there's a one deep scratch, it's not coming off. Go back to grinder. Go back. Well, it to comes disc. off. It comes off, but that's where you're saying it. That's why they're sounding it for six hours. But yeah. the yeah. other thing that it, you see this on Facebook all the time, and people are saying, "Oh, yeah, I've been sanding. It takes so long." Rah rah rah. And then you ask them what they're using, and they're using some fucking Kmart sandpaper. You know the stuff oh, that yeah. literally is sand glued to paper, and it's like, "Fuck, you're really making your life hard." And then that happens all the time. People go, "Oh, Rhino wet. Oh, it's not worth the money or whatever." But we all talk about it. All the podcasts, every knife maker. It was Rob Herbert who came up to me at Melbourne Knife Show in 2013 when I just started supplying. And he came up to me and he said, Corin, 
this is the fucking secret weapon. Every everybody's telling me this is a secret weapon for knife making. Get Rhino wet sandpaper. And so I asked around. I thought, what's the fucking difference? I brought. I I spoke to um, Peter Del Rasa, and Peter said, "Oh fuck yeah, I wouldn't use anything else, only Rhino wet." So yeah, I've got, right. All right. Well, no worries. So I started. Yeah. Well, I started to try to bring it in, and then uh, anyway, long long story. We got supply, <laughs> and um, yeah. Look, it honestly, I think it's a game changer. Oh, same yeah. same thing with the grinding belts. You know, like you see the grinding belts there, the one third or half price of the Norton or the Blaze belts. Yes, they're half price for a reason because they perform quarter of it, maybe, maybe even less. Like yeah. we all bitch about having shitload of used belts hanging on our sheds because you use the belt, you use it like an aluminum oxide belt or like a knockoff China knockoff belt, the ceramic, but it doesn't perform. And like after a few passes, you see the belt is not grinding. Your your knife is overheating. You keep dunking every time, but it's glazing. It's grazing over the surface. It's not grinding. That's why using the best abrasive is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, Earl, Earl, I think this is a prime time for Phil, our editor, to slip in a little fucking word from Norton uh, or about Norton um, and and the great value that you can get through Gamaco. Listen to the ad. Slip it in there, Phil. Go on. You know you want to. Fucking <laughs> Norton abrasives are the best fucking belts I've ever fucking used in my fucking life. Those things are fucking great. You just got to turn up your fucking grind at the fullest fucking speed, get the most out of it. Nothing like fucking good quality equipment. And fucking Norton Blaze are the fucking best. Norton Blaze. Abrasive by name, abrasive by nature. Get your Norton Braze belts using our discount code down under 10 at Gamaco Artisan Supplies. Thank you. <laughs> ah, yeah. No, it's all, uh, all good. Oh, good. Yeah, I gotta actually. How's oh, you wouldn't fucking know. Well, I always ask you shit, Corin, and then go. What did I fucking ask you though? What? I'm gonna get online and talk to one of your fucking workers, your employees. What do you want to know? I'm, I'm fucking. Reasonable. Oh, just if you got, just if you've got plenty of fucking rhino wet and stock, because oh. I'm gonna go and buy some. I don't know, but we should. I'm, I'm down to about five hundred bucks worth on my shelf, and I get oh. worried that I'm gonna run out. Yeah, you. Wouldn't. So I've got to go back and. I've got to go back and buy another. I like having like it's a it's a very bad OCD thing that's come about from teaching that I have an inherent fear that I'm going to run out of products. So I've got about I'm down to like two complete reams of 180. So I need to order another four of them. You know, like nothing like having paper on hand. But once have you tried the, the ones, Kevin? Have you tried the Rhinovets, the one that you stick on, the glue on? I just received them from Gamak. I haven't tried it yet, but. Have Rhino, you tried them yet? Oh, Rhino stick. I haven't tried Rhino stick. What's it called? Rhino, Rhino stick. stick, yes. Yeah. 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 No. You Rhino. know what? I'm going to try. I'm going I'm to use some of my samples of that um, in the next few days, I think, or when got, I've got the class. Got it. I don't know how it'll go. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure there'll be applications that it will be very good for. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it won't be your general sanding paper, I don't think. I, no. I think it's going to work in conjunction with that using. Uh, you know, the specialised homemade uh, finishing tools for plunge yeah. lines and shit like that. I reckon yeah. that'll work for that. It'll work good for that, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then um, Very good. we also got stones now, like um, engineers polishing stones, which are really cool. So, Ooh. I was yeah. thinking about them yesterday. I don't even know if they're on the website, um, but I know they're in stock because I already got mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> I use them all the time. I, I've been using Kemet stones for years, and anybody that's what are these like? The, what they shop, call them? What they call them? EDM stones or something? Yeah, something that like that. Or... And and they're just yeah. like um sandpaper stones, and yeah. uh, they come in various grits from about 180 grit to to like 2000 or 1200, and um, yeah. they break down as you use them. They'll sort of dish and break down and go a bit funny, and all you do is take them over to a ceramic belt on the grinder and then just true them up again. And you just keep going. What what um what belt ceramic belt would you recommend? Oh well, fuck anything, fifty grit, whatever, just whatever. <laughs> like I don't give a fuck. It doesn't take much because they're aluminium oxide, so the nah. ceramic's gonna. Yeah, he was he was trying that to do the. Fucking, the I'm trying to do the plug for fucking Norton. You oh Norton, oh yeah, right. This is the level of this is the level of the professionals in the oh, podcast. Nice. Couldn't ah. get worse. 
No. Well, let's not try. No, probably. <laughs> How about um, yeah, the boys from Knife Talk. We should. I'm going to give them a shout out because they were very supportive of us starting out. So uh, I reckon. I reckon we should give them a shout out. Uh, if if you if you like listening to uh, knife making podcasts, uh, get on and have a listen to the boys from Knife Talk. It's uh, always interesting. Yeah, they're good blokes. I like it. I get on and give them a bit of a shit stir. I bit of it. They must be wondering what's going on. I bit of it quiet with my drunk DMs to um, Jeff Fader and Mareko. I, I sent like them a couple of screenshots the other week when I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> all I got back was ha ha. Anyway, yeah, that's never, all you... <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah. With um, with them, they've now got a, a a hotline, and I just thought, you know, that you can ring like one eight hundred knife talk or something, and then you can leave your comments and messages and stuff. And I was thinking we should do that, and then I thought, no fucking way, no, no way in the no, fucking no. world would that work no. in Australia, mate. You'd get every fucking every fucking ranting funny, fucking nah. crazy person on there. Nah, fuck, we're not yeah. doing that. So. If you want to, if you want to just start, uh, if you want to just um, leave that kind of message, just ring us up in person and, and <laughs> yeah, and put it on my voicemail because I never answer my phone. We don't get questions anyway. No, hardly anyone asks us any questions. Have you guys no. noticed that? Yeah, well, everyone's real quiet. Who, no, people who listen to us, they know the shit. So that's the reason. Ah, yeah. right. No, <laughs> yeah. Some people have been yeah. saying oh. on some of the groups, like um, we listen to them, and every time we learn something, and I'm thinking. Really? Yeah. Give us a heads up on fucking what to talk about a little bit if you do have something we want to learn or, or you know, get our uh, underrated... How to change your Land Rover lights and all that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm fucking up for exactly. anything. We'll give relationship yeah, yeah. advice and fucking... you got yeah. a pet with a, with a fucking rash, man. We can diagnose that shit. I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah. I could recommend some good tattoo balm. Um, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Pickles tattoo balm is pretty good. Oh, my next project My next project this week's gonna be to fucking make some round ten forty five. About I think it's fifteen mil round. I've got to make it into nine millimeters square or eight point four millimeter square. And then I'm gonna make some new screws for my die filer so that I can take off the new hex ones that um Allen key ones that don't look proper on it. Nice. Yeah. That's what do you got planned, Matt? Uh, what get, I have get, planned. Get your kid back to school and then do some freaking work, mate. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Look, I have a couple of customs that they didn't meet the specs, so I have to make them again. And I really need to make tooling for my for my power hammer. I want to make it die, like a tooling, so it replicates so I can do the raindrop pattern easily. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been thinking about I, that same I, thing, but for my... Um, for the press. Yeah, I'm thinking about making those tools and I keep thinking, you know, I'll just make it next time. I'll just make it next time. I just got to just like fight the bull. Just stop whatever you're doing. Spend two hours, spend half day, make the tools, be fucking done with it. Well, all you yeah, need yeah. is some, for that, all you need some small ball bearings on a fucking, on a on a bit of, um, on either on a spring swage or prep better still mount them to your top die and bottom die. Which which hammer version of the Anyang do you have? Do you have the one that the top die goes back up into the top? I have a twenty five kilo. Yeah, but does the top die when it's when it's idling, does it go back into the top of the cylinder? It doesn't go in. It stays like just hovers above. What? It doesn't go all the way in. Yeah, so you've it got doesn't the second, go all the way. The new model. So yeah. you can you can drill through your dies and tap them and just fucking Get a bit of angle line with a ball bearing welded to it. Same for the bottom. I, I did the same thing for hammers. I've made up tooling that yeah. that bolts onto that. It's mate, fucking worth every. Just do it. Fucking just do it. Make it up. Yeah. I have a I have a H thirteen. I I don't have enough ball bearings, but I got a long bar of H thirteen. I was thinking about like making like a sharpening, like almost like a like a pyramid on the tip. Just cut that. Keep doing it. So I got like a stacks of tiny pyramids. So I can uh, weld it onto sheet or like an angle iron yeah well that probably works i just use ball bearings because like they're fucking cheap and they're hard they're hardened it's all ready to go yeah but but you know whatever whatever works for you very good (laughs) and i've got hundreds of ball bearings what do you do yeah i got hundreds of fucking all sorts of stupid things hundreds of fucking everything hanging what do you got 
Uh, me, between now and the next one, mate, I've got a few orders to finish up um, and a few things to start. You know, Canberra show, Canberra knife making show uh, is coming up on the 1st of December. Um, Adelaide knife making show is before that in the first weekend in November. This will probably come out the day after or, or the week after. So Maybe. Maybe Adelaide was either coming or it's gone. It was a great. It's either going to be either going to be a great show or was a good show. Um, and then the next one on the calendar is Canberra, uh, my hometown. So I've got to make some shit up for that. And uh, I'm I'm that, thinking about I'm I'm thinking about coming to that, Kev. Oh yeah, I wasn't going. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I know. It. I the know. Guild. I already rent. I rented your room out already, mate. <laughs> oh really? Mm. The guild. The guild run uh, a knife camp just before the Canberra show, or they have done previously. I haven't seen anything about it. Uh, um, there's been, a, there's been a, a very low level of talk about it. I've seen like three comments on it. It was actually um, the best event I did last year in terms of just personal yeah. fulfillment. It was really good, really good event. So yeah. if, if, if you're in the Guild, um, uh, they market it at Probies, but I reckon it doesn't matter because doesn't if matter. you can't go and... Like I, we did handle sculpting with Sean McIntyre. Like even if you're, even if you've been making knives for ten years, if you didn't learn something from that, like you really you got your eyes shut and your ears shut and just fuck off. Like I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I was I was yeah. stoked. I thought it was awesome value for money, and we went fishing, caught heaps of carp. It was good. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, I think that's about it today, isn't it? No, I'm done. Yep. We need people out there to give us some questions. Mert, you didn't get any questions we have to answer? I I guess some vague questions about like how you make Damascus and like um Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to line up a guest present a guest for our next show. Um we all know him, we all love him. Um the little French man, Paul Aristard. I've contacted Paul while we're recording this actually, and I've just said you're gonna be on the show. And I think he'll be keen for next week. So we'll getting us a bean. we'll tee Paul up. We'll get we'll get Paul on there. We'll have a multinational show. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be driving can, the truck can... back up from Adelaide. Uh, we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll figure it out. I, we'll I, figure it out. I, yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, boys. Yeah. Right on, people. Thank you for listening, and I hope you got something out of it. And you know. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Send send questions. Remember to post in your workshop creep photos, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. Yeah. See you guys. Bye.